Cause sometimes I be right Hello Welcome To that show Jam packed show today How's everybody doing? Welcome back Cyber Family Newbies, those joining for the first time Welcome to this little show of ours Or show of mine now uh, That's more appropriate Look, we got a lot to get into today, man. Look, I just have to start by saying, are we friends? You and I. You, you listening right now when you're in your AirPods, your headphones, earbuds, in your car, wherever you may be listening. Are we friends? Can we get into some, uh, can we get deep this week? You know what I mean? A lot of crybaby stuff is happening around the sports world. A lot of people complaining about contracts. You got Kyrie complaining about the way people are talking to him. You know I mean, you got Baker's feelings are hurt. You got receivers wanting new contracts now. You got Kyler Murray wants more money or be traded. Whoo, man. And you got a blast from the past begging, begging to get back into the league. We're going to get into it all. But let's intro this thing, man. Welcome back, Cyber Family. Thanks for joining me. If this is your first time, welcome. This is Sometimes I'd Be Right. I am your host, John Farris, reporting live from Trash Can Studios. As always, joined by my co-host, Wally. Say what up, Wally. <laughs> yeah, like I said, man, we got a lot to get into this week. A lot of stuff to talk about. Look, man, I'll be honest with y'all this week. We're going to break it down right no no sugar coating nothing this is the one 32 weeks in 32 episodes in y'all should know where i stand on most things right y'all know who i am right? there's no surprises there let's get into some quick hits quick hits quick hitters. so the big news in the nfl is that uh receivers are starting uh they want their money right Devontae adams and uh and uh, Tyreek Hill got traded and got new contracts, got some big money. So now there's other receivers entering the final year of their contracts, or in the case of Terry McLaurin, final year of his rookie deal, and they're debating holding out. They want money. Right? You got Debo Samuel, he wants to get paid now. Right? And the problem is, in my mind, dude, what are you doing? Here's what I'll say about the NFL. We all know that the NFL is a shady game. These owners and these teams don't care about the players on a personal level, except for guys like Jerry Jones who really care about them and will overpay somebody and then immediately get crucified by the media for being an idiot. But then when you got guys like Debo Samuel who wants more money, everyone says, oh, the league is so foul and they don't pay their players. Oh, the why they give them, they, they want to use them up and then when they're no good, they get rid of them and they're shady, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, can't have it both ways. You can't crucify the guy who's doing it the way you're saying that they should do it. And then, you know, crucify the one who's doing it the way they should not. Nah, whatever. But whatever. Hey, hey, hey. Just a Cowboys fan airing some grievances. My bad. But anyway, my thought is if you, if you sign your name to enter the NFL draft and you go through the process of getting drafted and then you sign the rookie contract with the team, you got to understand their goal is not to pay you the most amount of money in the league. They want to keep their salary down low and their production up high so they could win games spending no money. That's the game. These are billionaires. They didn't become billionaires because they wanted to take all their money and spend it. They were in- investing it. They were saving it. They were moving it here. Trying to get. They were trying to maximize each dollar. That's how they got to that point. So as a player, you entered into a game that you know is a dirty game. But my problem is, is why do you get into the game and then complain about the game? If you don't like the way the system is running, don't go. Don't join the system. It's as simple as that. 
Now, I'm not saying that receivers or players shouldn't ask for the most amount of money that they can. Of course you should. Start high, settle low. Right? Don't you don't go into a negotiation. If you're Terry McLaurin, I'm what I'm saying is come into this year and say, listen, talk to your agent, say, listen, I want a new contract, I want an extension. Here's what I'm looking for per year. Here's what I'm looking for as far as guarantees. Here's what I think I'm worth. Now go make a deal happen. And then you show up to the OTAs and you work and you go through the training camp and you go through the season and you ball out. And you play as hard as you can and you continue to produce. Now, in my opinion, the team is going to look at that and say, this guy's asking for a contract behind the scenes. He's not bringing it to the media. He's not putting us under a microscope. He's not putting us on blast. He's doing it the right way. He's showing up every day. He's performing. You know what? That's the kind of guy we don't mind giving money to. You know who they hate? They hate the guy that comes in, has a good year, all of a sudden starts blasting the team in the media, talking about all the stuff they do wrong, blasting the coaching staff, decides, you know what? I'm not showing up to OTAs. I'm not showing up to mini camps i'm not showing up to training camp and when i do show up for the year because i don't want to lose money i'm going to give half effort why am i going to pay that guy a billion dollars why am i going to give him the most money in the league i don't want to pay that guy don't be that guy try it this way and see what happens and guess what if it doesn't work out for you the amount of money you're going to end up getting is still going to be way more than you need to survive you're going to be good So if you were trying to get 25 million a year and you have a really down year and this team decides we're done with you, another team will sign you for 6 million a year. Now I know that's a big difference, but 6 million a year is still 6 million a year. And you could probably get most of that guarantee because the total money is not gonna be that big. All I'm saying is don't get into the game and then complain about the way the game is played. That's what you signed up for. Switching over to basketball, let's keep the hate train going. LaMelo Ball, I know it's old news now, but I record once a week, so we gotta talk about it. LaMelo Ball flops in the play-in game. That's right, he flopped. He finished with 26 points, eight assists, and five rebounds. That sounds pretty good until you realize he shot seven of 25 from the field. That's 28% for those of you who don't feel like doing the mental math. He did nothing. And that prompted me to say, they lost by 29 points also, by the way, but leave that on the back burner. I believe, I've had weird takes, I've said things, I was the guy that came out and said LeBron is going to be the greatest player to never win a championship. I know I was wrong, but listen, at the time I said it, it, I had my reasons. I don't think LaMelo Ball, I don't think his play will ever affect wins and losses. I don't. I think LaMelo can have a great game and they could lose by 50. I think he can have a great game and they win by 50. I don't think it matters. I think he's one of those guys that's there to get his and wins and losses. They don't really matter. I just don't. I just don't think he's that invested in winning and losing. I think he's invested in the way he plays and that's it. Look, and look, side tangent, it's not his fault. I don't think it's his fault. I think the generation that he grew up in was everyone got participation trophies, right? Everyone got congratulations for joining this, congratulations for trying, congratulations for participating. So if you if you got a trophy, whether you won or lost, then what is the emphasis on winning? These kids nowadays are growing up in an era where wins and losses aren't everything. You get rewarded for your play. You get rewarded for your effort, not for winning or losing. So if that's the case, then they're not coming into the league with this great desperation to win because they're going to get rewarded if they play well. Not his fault. Just can't pass up an opportunity to take a dig at LaMelo Ball. That's just pure hate. (laughs) So Jordan Poole is creating a bunch of hype in the NBA right now for the Warriors because he's balling out in games one and two of their series. 
And it's starting to prompt people to start thinking, maybe, maybe I've heard rumblings that maybe, you know, maybe you trade Klay Thompson and let Jordan Poole slide into that spot. Here's the question I have. Is the hype on Jordan Poole real or is it just a moment? Is this just one of those times where this guy is just playing well, playing out of his mind, having a good run, but like as soon as you give him that max contract and you put him under that pressure, it's just going to go back to being just what he is, which is kind of middle of the road type of player? I don't know. I think it's I I think it's going to be somewhere in between. I think he's always going I think he's going to be a guy that'll average right around 17 18 a game and be a good contributor, a really good piece to have on a championship caliber team, but I don't think he's going to be capable of being the guy to carry you anywhere. I think he'll be a lot like an Andrew Wiggins type, which is this guy could put up 20 quietly and easy, but he's probably not going to be the reason you win games, but he can help. He's going to be a good helper. I don't think he's going to be a take-over-the-game kind of guy like a Clay Thompson is. So I think if you're debating trading Clay, nah, absolutely not. And also, we are now having, we are now entering the official time of year where we can celebrate the annual Chris Paul Love Fest. That's right. Every year, as soon as the playoffs start, everyone and their mother starts to praise Chris Paul as the point god, as a great player on the all-time list, as a guy who, even though he hasn't won a championship, oh, we cannot deny his greatness. That's right. It's happening again. I love Chris Paul. I love him a lot. I think he's a great player. I kind of want him to win a championship just so that he can live out the rest of his life and know he got one. I'd feel bad for him to not get one because he is a guy who is dedicated to wins and losses, right? That's a guy who everywhere he's gone, the team has improved. And they didn't improve because he was putting up 45 points a game or doing crazy numbers or leading the league in scoring. It's just the way he plays contributes to a winning culture. That's a guy who puts an emphasis on winning games, okay? So I'm rooting for him. But I just hate the fact that he's an afterthought all year long until playoffs and all of a sudden he's this legendary player it's just annoying what y'all do out there okay here's what i'm saying if you're talking about the top 10 players in the nba his name never comes up talk about top 10 in in, in the playoffs somebody gonna question does chris paul need to be in the top 10 now that's what i'm saying stupidity <laughs> i also started questioning uh do you think the lakers regret making the anthony davis trade so they gave up a bunch of draft picks, some money, gave up Josh Hart. But the big two key players they got rid of were Lonzo Ball, who went to uh, the Pelicans and now is on um, Chicago. He only played 35 games this year, but he averaged 13, 5, and 5. I think the Lakers would take that going forward. And then uh, Brandon Ingram, who was playing very well in the playoffs so far, um, he averaged this year 23, 5, and 6. That's a guy who he also had some injuries this year. He only played 55 games. But I think they would take those two players going forward over what they have on their roster right now. That's me. Now, I was wondering, do you think they regret it? And then I remembered, oh, that's right. They got that championship when they were in the bubble. And then I started to realize, you know what? That bubble championship felt like. That bubble time felt like the playing game. Where, yeah, they're playing basketball, but they're not really keeping. The stats don't matter. Those stats don't count on your season totals or your playoff totals. It's kind of just like nothing. I nobody nobody talks about that championship. Nobody. Everyone has forgotten that that happened. That was just entertainment for us. That didn't count. <laughs> that bubble didn't count. Honestly, I think at some point they might consider, hey, should we just take everything that happened in the bubble and just like wipe it out of the NBA history and just say that that didn't count for anything? That was kind of just like for entertainment purposes, for promotional use only. 
Because outside of that, you now have Anthony Davis, who you've realized you can't hand the keys to the franchise to because he's not reliable. He's not going to do anything for you going forward. So what was the point? But you could have had Lonzo Ball, who's a quality point guard. And you could have had Brandon Ingram, who's a very solid number three. And they're both like under 25, I believe, or at 25. But they're both two young players. You could have had you had pieces to go forward with to build around, and you got rid of them for this one guy you thought you could build around, but that one guy's never even there. You're building the house, and you don't even have the door. The door is unavailable. People could just walk in that house and take whatever they want. I don't know. I think they probably regret it secretly. Hmm, I don't know. The inaugural uh, game for the USFL started on on Saturday night and this weekend, and. Uh, they, they had okay ratings. Uh, I know that Fox is definitely pushing hard for you to watch this. They're promoting this thing like crazy. I know they're also adding in some new rules, like there's no onside kick. You just get the ball for 4th and 12, and if you convert 4th and 12, you get the ball back. I know that they're doing things like a 3-point play, 3-point conversion or whatever. I know they're doing weird things like that that the NFL might adopt at some point if they work out. But here's the problem, though. We all know as football fans, there's two things. Number one, we're not accustomed to watching football in the spring. We're not. Once the Super Bowl's over, it's all about the draft. You go into free agency and the draft. Those are the things that we're worried about. And then right after the draft, you have rookie minicamp, and then you have OTAs, and then you have uh, the mandatory minicamp, and then you have training camp, and then you start the preseason, and then the season starts. That's what we're used to. So watching a football game... In April, don't make sense to us. We don't, we don't, we don't really miss it like that because we know when it's coming back, and we're just excited for that comeback. So you're gonna have a hard time getting people to like be invested in it happening now because we're just so accustomed to football not being on now. And then secondly, and probably the bigger problem is we identify the NFL as the best of the best, and we so we know that once we start watching the USFL, like these aren't the best players in the world. And in fact, these are guys that probably weren't good enough to get to the NFL and they're just desperate to play. So they're going here. So we already feel like we're watching lesser. And even though they're probably these guys, these teams are probably just as good as anyone in like the Mountain West Conference or the MAC Conference or Conference USA or something like that. We just know that they're not like, you know, this is lesser talent that we're watching. So people aren't going to get invested. So I think the numbers were pretty good first weekend. But I think they'll go down continuously from here. And I think this will be another football league that kind of flames out. I just don't think you can advertise something as lesser than what the best is and expect people to give you the same attention that the best gets. I'm just saying, I think that's why minor league baseball isn't really televised like that on a national level. Because people ain't going to want to watch it. These aren't the best of the best. So why would I watch it? Just saying. That's all for quick hits. So I started today by saying that we're gonna get, uh, we're gonna dive deep into some ideas and some thoughts, and we got a lot of crybabies uh, going on in sports today. So the first one I want to get into is I want to get into Kyrie Irving. So Kyrie Irving, uh, if you missed it on Easter when they played Game One, uh, was giving the finger to some fans and, and, and trading some verbal profanities. Um, and in his post game, he said that it was a response to the energy he was getting. And he said, you know, you could take the booing and all that stuff, but there's a certain level when people are saying, and then they start bleeping out a bunch of stuff. When he said they're saying that stuff to you, that it just gets to a point where it's like, all right, I'm going to return that same energy. Here's my problem. 
hey, Kyrie, you got traded to Boston, and, and, and the hope and the hype around you getting traded to Boston was so massive, right? Like, there was, like, a massive expectation for you in Boston. And right away, trouble came up immediately. And you never really lived up to it. And then there's questionable things you did, like, you know, not showing up for a Game 7, but opting for an elective surgery instead. And it's like, you didn't need to have that surgery the day of the game. You could have got it the day after or whatever. But you clearly chose to do that instead of playing. And some people got offended by that. Not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying this is what happened. So as a fan base, they expected a lot from you and you didn't deliver. And then winding down to the end of your time there, um... You started talking about how you wanted to stay in Boston as long as they would have you. And then the first chance you got, you hightailed it out of town. So, yeah, they're going to boo you when you come back. You know, they feel like you spit in their face. They feel like you disrespected them. They feel like, you know what, you came here and then used us as a stepping stone or whatever. Like, bye. And you're playing for the Nets, a team that has Kevin Durant on it, a team that some people view as, like, the new super team or the attempt at a super team. So you're going to get booed. And it's the playoffs. Man up. Look, I'm tired. I'm, look, Kyrie Irving has shown himself to be an intellectual, right? Somebody that considers himself intellectual. Somebody that thinks deeply about things. Somebody that's not just a surface guy. I mean, the guy was burning sage and walking around the court trying to ward off evil spirits and bad energy before a game. Okay, that's who he is. He's that guy. And you mean to sit there and tell me that you are you can't handle these critical comments that you're getting or this profanity that you're getting or people yelling at you and all this stuff? You can't handle that? Come on, man. Of course you can. Get out of here. Look, you scored 18 points in the fourth quarter, and that should have been the story. The story should have been how they were trying to boo you and get in your head, and it just made you play better. That should be the story. But instead, you're creating this new narrative where, like, you're going to reciprocate energy. What do you think they're going to do tonight? As you're listening to this, the game has already happened. The game happened last night. But as I'm recording this, they're going to be playing game two tonight. What do you think that's going to be like for you? It's going to be brutal, man. Absolutely brutal. And what are you going to do? Here's my advice to Kyrie and to any other player in this situation. Enjoy the moment. You are doing what you've wanted to do your entire life. You are living your dreams. You are getting paid to go play basketball. And guess what? Those people yelling and cursing at you, those people paid to watch you. Those people paid their hard-earned money, the money that they spent 40 hours a week, sometimes 50, 60 hours a week working overtime to get that money together, to buy that overpriced ticket, to then travel, pay that overpriced parking fee, to walk into that arena where they're paying for overpriced food and drinks, to watch you play basketball just so that they can boo. And you, as the millionaire who's just there to play a game, is going to complain that somebody said the wrong word to you? What are you talking about? Where is your perspective? Who wins in this? You're the winner. The loser is the guy who paid all this money to go curse at someone who makes money in one year that they'll never see in a lifetime. They're, they're taking their hard-earned money and spending it to go yell at someone who's living their dream and you are gonna get offended by what they say yo dude you're living the dream man you're playing nba basketball in the playoffs on the road in historic boston garden you're playing against the storied franchise in boston with two great stars with a really loaded team 
and you have the opportunity to take that team out and move on to the next round, and you're worried about what a fan is saying. Come on, man. That don't make no sense to me. You can't convince me that that makes sense. That's dumb. Man up. I know a lot of previous players have said something like, oh, whatever, blah, blah. Some people say, like, just because you paid the money doesn't mean you get to be as disrespectful as you want to. I understand there is a level of respect that should be maintained. But you're at a game. If any one of these fans saw Kyrie at 7-Eleven buying, you know, some taquitos, you think they're going to yell at him the way they do at the game? No, they're going to go. They're going to be in awe of the fact that they're looking at Kyrie Irving. Oh, my God. Uh, can I get a picture? And they're going to seem like the biggest fan of you. Why? Because to, to, to them, you're a god. You are a, 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 an alien. You are, you are not human. You're a superstar basketball player. If they see you in the street, they are not going to keep that same energy with you. They're not. But when they're, at the, when they're at the game, they're supposed to boo. They're supposed to yell. They're supposed to make you uncomfortable to get you out of your game because they're doing that in support of their team. If we can rattle you, our team has a better chance of winning. That's their job as fans. That's what they're supposed to do. And guess what? When you go back to Brooklyn and they come in, they're going to have to deal with the same thing from the Brooklyn fans. So come on, man. Enjoy it. Have fun with it. Do what Trey Young does. Dance and wave at the crowd and all that other stuff and shimmy and know that bother me. Trey Young almost got spit on. He ain't sweating it. He had fun with it. And I think that's what Kyrie needs to do. Kyrie needs to stop taking himself so serious, start having fun with the moment, and just remind yourself you're playing the game you love to play. You're getting paid a crazy amount of money. This is the playoffs. This is fun. This is what you do it for. Let's go get this chip. And that's it. From one crybaby to another, Baker Mayfield is crying because uh, his feelings are hurt. That's right, he got his feelings hurt because the Browns told him one thing, which was, we're ready to go forward with you as our quarterback, and we feel like we can win with you. And then behind the scenes, they were flying out to talk to Deshaun Watson about joining their roster. And then ultimately traded for and offered him an, a new contract that was $230 million guaranteed. Mm. So now his feelings are hurt. I get it. You were the starting quarterback. The team told you, don't worry, you're our starter. And then they got a guy to replace you. And you found out about it from the media because it leaked before the team could ever sit you down and talk to you about it. Now, they didn't bring in a guy in to compete. So, like, this isn't an Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love situation where they drafted in the first round your eventual replacement. But they probably let you know, hey, listen, this guy's not as good as you. We know that. But we want him on our roster so we can groom him. So in four or five years when you're ready to go, we got our guy. This isn't that. This is like, no, Deshaun Watson's here to replace you. Hey, but uh, if you could do me a favor and just pack up the stuff out of this locker, uh, we're going to put Deshaun here. We're going to move you. I don't know where we're going to put you. Just put your stuff in the bag and leave it off on the side of the locker room for a second. So I get it. I get being offended. I get your ego and your pride being hurt. But look, man, you played. You were a four-year starter. Well, you, you played four years for Cleveland. You started for three full years, and you played, I think it was 13, 12 or 13 games in year one. And in year four, uh, you were he ranked Baker Mayfield ranked twenty fourth in yards, twenty second in touchdowns, nineteenth in interceptions, and twenty seventh in QBR. Like you weren't top fifteen in any statistical category for a quarterback. You were middle of the road to lower than average. You were about an average quarterback. 
like, you didn't play great. And I was like, oh, I was hurt, and I tried to suck it up and, and grind it out. Like, that's that's fine. I'm glad you did that. That's what you're supposed to do. You know, you're the quarterback. You have to lead by example. But just because you're hurt doesn't mean you can play poorly. Because if you can't play and you can't play well, then go sit on the bench and, and let somebody else come in who's not going to kill us. Don't hurt us as the team because you want to prove a point that you're tough. And so when you go out there and you decide to play injured or play hurt, I can't erase that from your, your, your stat line or your career or your story or your year because, oh, wait, you know, don't count those numbers because he was hurt. Like, no, that counts. That's the tape. That's part of your resume. So when you come to the table and you want to say, oh, man, you should go, I should be the starter, like, based on what? Like, if there was a guy in the draft that they could draft who they felt was better than you, they should do it. That's their responsibility. The Cleveland Browns have no responsibility to cater to Baker Mayfield's ego. Because in four years as a starter there, he's been all right. His big claim to fame is that he won a playoff game against Pittsburgh. Against a Ben Roethlisberger who everyone said was shot. Who everyone said it should have been his last game because he should retire because it's over for him. And the defense in that game swarmed Pittsburgh and, and got them out. They turned the ball over first drive of the game. Like, yeah, they, yeah, the Browns won. But Baker didn't do anything in that game to make you feel like if they didn't have Baker Mayfield, they couldn't have won this playoff game. It wasn't like it came down to the wire and he executed and did something. Like, it was like a blowout. It wasn't even close. Pittsburgh was trash. Pittsburgh was one of those teams who had a good record, but you knew they weren't as good as their record was. Like, you just knew, like, ah, oh, this team's falling apart. Is that the year they started 11 and 1 or 11 and 0 and then ended up being like 11 and 5? Something crazy like that? Yeah. I think that was the one. But it's like Baker, what'd you expect, man? The Browns have a responsibility and an obligation to improve their team every single year. And if they feel like there's a quarterback out there who's better than you, we got to go for it, man. No no teammates are standing up for Baker. No Browns players are coming out and saying that they love Baker. Nobody's saying nothing in support of Baker. To me, that says a lot. That says a lot, man. You don't have no other players and other teams saying, like, yo, we'd love to have Baker. Send Baker this way. Everyone's real quiet in support of Baker. I just, I think Baker Mayfield's an average player who talks like he's great. And he's doing that that thing where he's talking about how he feels like he has a chip on his shoulder now. He's got something to prove now. This and that. Here's what I think about that. If you talk about the chip on your shoulder, to me, that ain't real. That's not authentic. If you want to have a chip, then go out and have a chip. Look, Aaron Rodgers has never said anything about them drafting Jordan Love. He's never he's never been critical. He's never mentioned it nothing. You know what he did? He went out and won an MVP. You know why? Because he was offended. That you went out and tried to draft my replacement like I was done? Watch this. He went out and won MVP. Baker, shut up. If you want to be offended, be offended. Go work like hell to get better and get healthy. So when you come back this year, wherever that may be, be undeniable. Prove to them that they made a massive mistake. But you don't have to talk about it. Because when you talk about it, it lets us know that you're trying to manufacture something. You're trying to convince yourself that you got this chip, that you can do all these things. Just be quiet and do it. Move in silence. Other semi-crybabies. I'm not going to call them crybabies, but they're complaining a little bit. 
So it just came out literally like 20 minutes ago as I'm recording this that Debo Samuel has requested a trade from the 49ers because he's entering, I think he's in the fourth year of his rookie deal at this point or he's coming close to the end of his contract and he wants wants an extension, wants to be re-upped and he wants to get big money. As we said earlier, receivers like Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill are getting big money. He wants his money. Because not only is a receiver, but he returns kicks, he returns punts, he's a running back from time to time, he throws the ball from time to time, like he does a lot, he's a gadget player, they use him for everything, he's a really good football player, he wants his money, he wants to probably get paid like a top five receiver or a top five player in the league because he fills so many different spots for them. The problem is... You can't force the team to pay you. And it's like I said before about Terry McLaurin. I said earlier, like, yo, you have to just go play. Go play. Have your agent handle all that behind the scenes in private. Go play the games and get you. I promise you they're going to pay you. Because the way you handle that lets them know, like, oh, this guy's grown. This guy's all about the team. This guy's about winning. This guy's not trying to do no PR campaign or nothing. See, that's the problem with these people, these young people in this generation. They grew up around social media. And the best way to get under somebody's skin or to get something you want is to make it public. Make it national news. Let everybody know what's going on. Put the pressure on them. So now he comes out saying he wants to trade. Like, first of all, why are you even telling the world you want to trade? That's between you and the team. Tell the team you want to trade. Let them go make a trade. Tell your agent you want to trade. Let him go do that or whatever. Like, why is it even coming out? I'm just sick and... Look, I'm grumpy. I'm grumpy today, y'all. My back is killing me. I'm not in the mood for this. (laughs) I'm not in the mood for this nonsense from these players. Look, I got no problem with Debo asking for his money. I have a problem with him saying I'm going to hold out if I don't get my money. I have a problem with him saying because you're not, you know, communicating the way that I want you to, I want to be traded. It's like, yo... He's in a good situation with a coach who knows how to use him. You're going to go somewhere else, and are you going to have that same level of success? Is it going to be structured in the same way? That's my question. Like, you might go somewhere else, and they want you to do something different that you're not really good at. They might want you to be a pure receiver. They might want you to do twice as much if you get that kind of money. You're with a coach in an organization right now that wants to use you and maximize your skill set. And you want some money. Well, how much money do you want? Why do you do you need to be the highest paid receiver in the league? That's all ego to me, man. Put your ego in check. Guys like DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf, yo. I don't know if DK Metcalf. I don't think DK Metcalf is that good. I don't. I think he's physically just superior to most men. <laughs> like 6'4", 230, runs like a 4'4", 40. Like he's just a physical freak. So he was targeted 129 times last year and caught 75 passes for less than 1,000 yards, 12 touchdowns, like a 12.9 average. Like, touchdowns are high. Yeah, he was number four in the league in touchdowns. Sure, but 12, that's a good. Red zone threat, of course. But outside of that, is anybody afraid of DK Metcalf? Is there anybody out there who feels like if their team is playing Seattle or they're playing anybody and they got DK Metcalf, there's nothing they can do? You think he's that kind of player? Because I don't. I don't hear nothing about him. You might see some highlights, but that's it. One or two highlights every couple games. 
DK Metcalf is great. The biggest thing is that he's physically just a freak. But he doesn't, he's not dominating the NFL. What are you going to pay him? You're going to pay that guy top five, top ten receiver money? He's not a top ten receiver. So why would I pay you like one? See, that's where that stupidity comes up where it's like, oh, whoever's next up, they benefit off the previous guy. So let's say like uh, Devontae Adams. No, you know what? Let's say Terry McLaurin for Washington, right? Let's say they pay him. Let's say they give him $135 million guaranteed. Then when DK Metcalf comes up for his contract, he's going to say, well, you better give me more than 135 because that's what he got. I want more than that. And it's like they keep upping it. That's what they're doing with quarterbacks. They keep upping it. My point is like, no. At some point, we got to look at that and be like, nah, that's not how it works. I know that's what you thought, but just refer back to teams like the Cowboys. Look how they feel about Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott shouldn't be making $40 million. No way. I'm a Cowboys fan. I'm cool with Dak Prescott. I got no problem with Dak Prescott. I think he's all right. I don't think he's great. I think he's good. I think he's solid. I don't think he's great. But there's no way you should be paying him $40 million. What have you done? What have you accomplished? What have you changed for us? We still underachieve every year. Why am I paying you $40 million a year to do what? Be okay? No. So at some point, one owner has to step up and say, we're not doing this no more. We're not going to keep increasing the base salary for the next guy up because the previous guy got that. Because look, as much as I don't like Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers deserves that money in terms of like, he's he's routinely top, he's top three in the NFL. As far as a player goes, he's a top three quarterback in the NFL. Some people consider him the best quarterback in the NFL. Most people do. So if you want to pay him top three quarterback money, yeah, he deserves it. He's top three quarterback. Patrick Mahomes, again, another guy. If he plays like a top three quarterback, he deserves that money. Dak Prescott never played like a top ten quarterback. Why the hell is he getting $40 million a year? So sorry, DK. You need to play and prove to me that you're even worth top ten receiver money. That's the same thing that got Amari Cooper traded from the Cowboys. They were paying him $20 million. And it's like, bro, you're not playing like a $20 million player. Sorry. We'll save our $19 million. <laughs> I think it was $16. We'll save our $16 million that we're going to keep from trading you. Take that $16 million and go get two other players to produce the same amount that you did because you're not changing the world for anybody. We, we can't pay you that when you're not worth that. And that's what I think some of these, these players don't understand is they're trying to get their money, but the team is trying to build a team. And you better be careful because if you're someone like DK Metcalf, if you're chasing the money, you're going to end up going to a team that can't do nothing for you. You need to have a receiver. You need to have a quarterback. If you're a receiver, you need to play with the best quarterback available because that's how you're going to improve your numbers, your chances at winning, and therefore increasing your value. That's it. DK Metcalf can be as great as he wants to be. If he's playing with a bozo at quarterback, it don't matter. It's not going to matter. You ain't going to get no numbers playing with a bum. So Kyler Murray, let's just stay in the same vein. Might as well do some more ranting and complaining. Rant Man is back this week, y'all. I told you, my back is hurting. I'm in a lot of pain right now. Also, uh, I recorded about 40 minutes of the show. 
And then my computer crashed again. Oh, so I'm doing this all over again. So I'm, I'm heated now. <laughs> so we in it. And my next topic, I'm telling you, I might go off the rails. I might get canceled. <laughs> so Kyle Murray also wants, uh, he wants to get an extension. Now, Kyler Murray is one of those quarterbacks that I feel like I don't know if I think he's good or not. I don't know if Kyler Murray is good or not. I think he's all right. I mean, last year he was 14th in yards, 12th in touchdowns, 9th in interceptions, and 7th in QBR. But he was terrible in that playoff game against uh, the Rams. Awful. One of the worst games I've ever seen from a player. He was terrible. Disgusting. It was so bad it made me want to vomit. He was terrible. But my question is, is what are you going to pay him? What kind of money is he trying to get? He's trying to get Deshaun Watson money? Well, I don't think Deshaun Watson should have got that money. And most of the NFL would agree Deshaun Watson shouldn't have got $200 million guaranteed. You crazy? He only did it because it was Cleveland. Cleveland's desperate. Cleveland wanted to make sure they got their guys, so they overpaid. They'll probably tell you we overpaid. But if it works out, you're Cleveland. He was never going to come there for any other reason other than you got to make him an offer he can't refuse. And as soon as he saw them M's, he said, I'm going. So they overpaid and everyone would acknowledge that they overpaid, right? We all acknowledge they overpaid. But if you're Arizona, you can't, like, Kyler Murray hasn't done anything to make you say he's a top. Kyler Murray is not a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. I haven't done my rankings. (laughs) I still haven't done my rankings, but look, is Kyler Murray better than Joe Burrow? No. Is he better than Aaron Rodgers? No. Is he better than... Yo, let's go lower. Is he better than Matthew Stafford? No. Is he better than uh, Patrick Mahomes? No. Is he better than Russell Wilson? No. Well, that's five already I just named for you. Is he better than... Who else can we name? Who else is good? I'm drawing a blank, but like you're already at six. Best case scenario, six best quarterback in the NFL. That's absolute best, and we know it's not. I'm sure you're probably yelling at your at your speakers right now because you're coming up with a million names you might take over Kyler Murray. So I think what we have the bad habit of doing is hearing a name, attaching it to a stat or a play, and then saying that guy's top ten. But when you really sit down and think about how many guys you would take over him, I promise, I guarantee you, you're getting the 10 names before you put Kyler Murray on that list of quarterbacks that you would take on your team. If you were starting a team today, I bet you there's 10 names you would get to before you got to Kyler Murray. Now tell me if I'm Arizona, me knowing that, Arizona, they know this. You're coming up to me saying you want to be paid top five quarterback money. And I'm looking and saying there's 10 guys I would take over you right now. Why would I pay you like you're a top five quarterback when I don't even believe you are? Come on now. Coming out of college, people question Kyler Murray because he's little. Little. He's slight. He's going to get hurt. Can he hold up? And guess what? In that playoff game against a, 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 a hellacious pass rush, he didn't hold up. He didn't hold up. I wouldn't. I'll tell him to wait. You want to hold out? Cool. Hold out. I'm good. So they're talking about potentially they might have to trade him because they don't want to pay him. Why don't you think they want to pay him? The Packers had no problem paying Aaron Rodgers. The Rams had no problem. Um, They have no problem giving Matthew Stafford money. The Buccaneers have no problem giving Tom Brady money. The Chiefs had no problem giving Patrick Mahomes that money. The Browns had no problem giving Deshaun Watson that money. 
The teams don't mind giving you the money when they feel like you're worth the money. It's only the teams that don't feel like you're worth it that you have to fight with that move on from you because they just don't think you're worth it. And they're not wrong. That's their job. Their job is to evaluate you. Kyler Murray has done nothing in the NFL that makes you say he's irreplaceable. We can all agree on that, right? He's replaceable. Don't worry, we're going to have the same conversation when Lamar Jackson comes up. I have a problem with quarterbacks who, when you think about them, the first highlight that comes to your brain is not throwing the football. That bugs me. So let's just stop beating around the bush. Let's move to the topic I want to talk about most today. So I was sitting there all week, right? And I know I've been talking for, what, 40 minutes? I was still thinking, I don't know what I'm going to talk about this week. I don't know what, I don't know, I got no major stories happening. I got a bunch of little things, right? So I've been talking about a bunch of little things, crybaby, stuff like that. But when this story came up just yesterday, I was like, bingo, there it is. Thank you, sports world. You gave me something to talk about, something that I am incredibly invested in. I got a lot of emotions about this, and most of them are probably not going to be popular opinions. I have a massive problem with Colin Kaepernick begging for a spot in the NFL. I have a massive problem with it. I have a huge problem with it. Look, look, we're friends, right? I can speak freely. You're not going to judge me too harsh. <laughs> I'm probably scaring some people. like, oh, what is he going to talk about? Look, I don't think the NFL should have booted him out of the league because he was kneeling. I think that's stupid. I think it's stupid. I do. I think it's, I think it's ridiculous. I think that whole situation around the taking the knee for the anthem was absolutely blown out of proportion and was turned into a story and was highlighted for for absolutely no reason other than just it's a lightning rod issue. We we could put this on our networks and we could talk about it for 45 minutes straight and it's going to get tons of ratings. And that's all they were trying to do is get the ratings. Nobody really cared. Everybody I talked to. Everybody that I, my, I interacted with in my life, like people at work, you know, random strangers, anybody I heard at a bar, anywhere I went when, when the topic came up, people seemed like, for the most part, eh, whatever. It's like three minutes before the game, somebody's taking a knee. Like, who cares? It's only an issue because it keeps getting brought up over and over and over and over and over and over, and everybody keeps attaching so much to it. But what you're attaching to it is not the original point. But we've gone through this a million times. I don't think they should have booted him out of the league for that. But here's what I'm going to say to you. Colin Kaepernick wasn't the only NFL player that was taking the knee for the national anthem every week. Colin Kaepernick's the only one that got booted out of the league. Colin Kaepernick's the only one that couldn't get a job. We think that's because what? Now, the national media would like to highlight the fact of, oh, it's because he's black. It's racial. It's racial. I'm here to tell you, no, ladies and gentlemen, he got booted out because he wasn't worth the headache. Tim Tebow was one of the greatest human beings that's ever existed. (laughs) And he got booted out of the league. Why? Because Tim Tebow wasn't good enough for the amount of headache he was causing to be on your roster. Could you imagine, right? San Francisco lets him go. Why? Because he ain't no good. Colin Kaepernick was not a good quarterback. I'm sorry. He wasn't a good quarterback. Oh, don't believe me? In five years as a starter, he was completing 60% of his passes. And that's me rounding up because he was really 59.8. He had 72 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. In his last year, they were 1 in 10. 
He started 11 games. They went 1-10. He completed 59% for 2,241 yards, 16 touchdowns, and 4 interceptions in 11 games. He wasn't playing well. And they were losing. And all the while he was playing like that, they were losing, and he was taking a knee and creating a national stir. I'm sorry. I'm not keeping that guy either. Dude, you're completing right around your career average of 60%. I need better than that. Oh, you know what? Hold on. Let me hold off because I'm about about to murder this. He wasn't playing well enough to warrant the fact that you were going to keep him on your roster and get all that media attention for all the wrong reasons. Now, I absolutely agree with the fact that the media took that storyline and turned it into something it was never intended to be. I do agree with that. But if I'm the 49ers, is it worth it for me to have that level of scrutiny on my team? Watching every move that I make, everything that we say, everything we do, every way we conduct business because this guy? No, it ain't worth it. Get him out of here. One in ten? Get him out of here. He went to the Super Bowl one year. Oh, yeah, man, he played really well. He played good. Still was only completing 60% of his passes, but he did good. But you know what you remember when you think of Kaepernick? You remember 188 rushing yards in Green Bay. That's what you remember. You remember there was a time period where he was unstoppable, wasn't he? No, he wasn't. He never was. No, 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 no. He was never unstoppable. He had some highlight runs. Yeah, that was it. They got to the Super Bowl and lost. He never... I'm going to have to do it again. He never put up a season as good as Jared Goff's 2018 season. And they booted Jared Goff out of it, and you all tell me he's trash. Colin Kaepernick has never... He had not put up numbers anywhere near the level of Jared Goff. But y'all say Jared Goff is trash, and Kaepernick needs a job. Kaepernick should still... Kaepernick could play. You know what I hear all the time? Kaepernick could start right now for a lot of teams. For who? For who? Colin Kaepernick got booted out of the league. Everyone said, we're not signing him. We don't want the headache. He's not worth it. It immediately got turned into a racial issue. They're blackballing him. They're kicking him out because he's trying to progress black, whatever. Like, no, that's not what it is. That's not what it was. These owners don't want to deal with that headache. Why? Hey, guess what? They're white owners and they're old. And a lot of them will probably be criticized and it would draw, it would bring so much scrutiny about, hey, are you racist? Are you a, it's like just, yo, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want this guy to come into my locker room to play the way, he's not even playing that great. He's not even great. Like he's not doing anything unbelievable that we've never seen before. He's not the best player in the league that's out there on the open market. He's a okay to bad player. Right? And he's going to come into my franchise and bring a bunch of scrutiny on everything that I do. They're going to start investigating me. They're going to start investigating whoever works on the staff to try to find any little shred of storyline that they can to make this a big issue. He's bringing a lot of attention, a lot of scrutiny to me and my franchise, and I don't want it. My fan base is now writing me letters and protesting me because they don't want this guy. They don't want, I don't want that headache. He's not worth the headache. You want to know how I know that? Because Deshaun Watson had 22 allegations still pending. 22. He's facing 22. 22 lawsuits in civil court. 22! And the Cleveland Browns gave him the most guaranteed money of any quarterback in history. What? They're willing to deal with that distraction. And guess what? Deshaun Watson is black. And the Cleveland Browns said, yeah, yeah, we'll take you. 
Oh no, no, we know your your sexual assault allegations and all that. Oh, we know. Yeah, you done. You you're accused of doing some nasty, foul, inappropriate stuff to women. We're gonna take you and give you the most amount of money we've ever given somebody. We'll take that headache. Why? Because they feel like Deshaun Watson is worth it. They feel like the way he plays, he's good enough to say, hey, I'll take all the distractions. He's going to bring us a chip. Nobody wanted to do that with Kaepernick. It wasn't because he was black. It wasn't because the owners all got together and said, yo, let's get this guy out of the league. It wasn't any of that. It was the fact that he wasn't good enough to bring that level of distraction. Guess why everybody traded Terrell Owens? Because they said, we don't want the distractions. You're not bringing the W's to warrant this level of distraction. Because as T.O. got older, nobody else came. Nobody else came to the rescue. The Eagles jumped at the opportunity to sign him. And then when the Eagles got tired of him, the Cowboys jumped at the opportunity to sign him. And then when they moved on from him, there was Buffalo that came to sign him. And then it just he just got too old and it was like, ah, it's not worth it anymore. You hear about this all the time. There's guys in the league that have really bad histories, really bad resume, have done some really sketchy stuff. Guess what? They'll get another chance. Why? If you're worth the headache, we'll give you the shot. There's no moral police in the NFL. They're about wins and losses, baby. Can you make me money? And the only way to come in as Kaepernick and make the team money is if you're winning games. Because I don't care who you are as a fan. If your team is the best in the league, you're going to go to the game. You might hate that guy, but I want them wins. So Kaepernick has come out. And Kaepernick said, hey, I'll sign on veteran minimum. I'll sign on as a backup. Listen, I'm not going to stay as a backup, but I just need to get my foot in the door to show you what I can do. Dude, that was like, what, five years ago at this point? Six years ago he hasn't played? Five years he hasn't played, right? And you were completing 59% of your passes when you were playing. That was You were in the thick of it. After five years of not playing NFL football, you think I'm going to sign? Who you going? Who you going to come replace? So I took the liberty of saying, all right, who's considered like a bad quarterback in the league? Because everyone says, hey, he could come in and start over a lot of guys now. So my the first name that came to my head, of course, was was uh, Taylor Heineke from Washington, right? He could definitely play over Taylor Heineke, right? Well, last year. Taylor Heineke completed 65% of his passes for 3,400 yards, 20 touchdowns, and 15 picks. Do you really? Kaepernick, in his last year, completed 59% for 2,200 yards, 16 touchdowns, and 4 picks. Yeah, he didn't throw a lot of picks, but uh, you really taking him over Taylor Heineke right now? Taylor Heineke played for me last year and did pretty good. He did all, He did solid. He did Baker Mayfield numbers. <laughs> You mean to tell me you want me to take Colin Kaepernick, who's been on the street for the last five years, and you think he's going to start over Taylor Heineke? No way. You want to know why? Because Kaepernick wasn't elite when he was playing. Jared Goff. You know, Detroit needs a Detroit needs a quarterback, right? Jared Goff ain't no good. Jared Goff last year completed 67% for 3,200 yards, 19 touchdowns, and 8 picks. You really think Kaepernick can come in right now and play better than Jared Goff? Right now. Five years, not in the NFL, not playing organized football anywhere. You think he's coming in right now and he's going to be better than Jared Goff? Ain't no way. Kirk Cousins, everybody hates Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, 66%, 4,200 yards, 33 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Colin Kaepernick has never touched those numbers. 
Colin Kaepernick has never had a season that even approached that. No, he's not playing over Kirk Cousins. Matt Ryan, he's terrible, right? He's old and washed. 67%, 3,900 yards, 20 touchdowns, 12 picks. He's not touching Matt Ryan either. Sam Darnold, oh, man, Sam Darnold was terrible. Completed 60%, ooh, comparable. 2,500 yards, ooh, comparable. Nine touchdowns, ooh, 13 picks. Sam Darnold's terrible. Find me one person that's going to take Colin Kaepernick right now over Sam Darnold. You're not going to do it. So maybe Carolina wants to take a chance and bring in Colin Kaepernick, but Colin Kaepernick was never great. Guys, no. let's not do this thing where we want to imagine that Colin Kaepernick was a great player and got booted out of the league, you know, and it was unwarranted because... If Colin Kaepernick was better, he would still be playing in the NFL. Colin Kaepernick got booted out of the league because he was causing a massive distraction and wasn't producing on the field. The 49ers were 1-10. Started 11 games was 1-10. It's not all his fault. The team wasn't good. I get it, but you 59% completions? Dude. He wasn't playing well. And now I got a problem with the fact that you got booted out of the league. You criticized the league for being racist. You criticized them for unjustly removing you. You filed the lawsuit against them. You won the lawsuit. You won a bunch of money from the NFL because you feel like they did you wrong. And now you're going back to those people who did you wrong. And you're going to beg them to give you a shot. Hey, I'll come in as a backup. Just just let my foot. Just get, let me get my foot in the door. I'll do whatever I have, whatever it takes just for you to look at me. Are you kidding me? Look, I know we shouldn't have pride, right? And I know it's wrong to say, like, oh, let your pride or your ego get away. Well, where's your pride? If the NFL did you wrong, and they did you dirty, like he says they did, and he won the lawsuit, they settled, they gave him a bunch of money. A bunch of money. And now you're going to come back to those people and beg. Beg for a job. Beg. Nah. On both sides. If I'm the NFL, I'm like, yo, you think I'm really getting... You, you sued us. You basically made all of us look racist. Look like racist old men. Because we didn't want to sign you because you weren't good enough. The headache was going to be too much. It's going to be too, it's not worth it. You're not performing well enough for us to feel like we need to get rid of art or even have you on the roster. Tim Tebow got booted out too for the same reason. You put Tim Tebow as your backup or your third string, the fans are going to be calling for Tebow every single day of every week. And he's not good enough to play. And that was a good guy. That was a guy who was causing no problems. It wasn't worth the headache and neither were you. But the way it was phrased and worded and the way it was treated, you made us all look bad. And then you sued us. And so we settled and gave you a bunch of money, enough money for you to go live your life and be happy and free. Go change the world for everyone around you. You got enough money. Do whatever you want. Donate to whatever call, build whatever businesses, build whatever infrastructure you want anywhere in the world. Do whatever it is you want to do. You walk away, we walk away, part ways, hey, here you go. 
And then you come back begging? Nah. So Colin Kaepernick's best season, team went 12-4. and That's when they went to the Super Bowl. He started 16 games. Do you want to know this guy completed 58% of his passes? 58%. 3,100 yards, 21 touchdowns, 5 picks. Oh, I'm sorry, 21 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. Had a QBR of 67. A QB rating of 91.6. That was his best year. His best year he completed 58%. Oh, I'm sorry, his best year completing passes was when he started 7 games in his second year. And he completed 62%. But the year that we all remember him for, 12-4 and four year to reach the Super Bowl, 58%, 3,100 yards. The most yards he's ever thrown for, 3,300. 19 touchdowns, 10 picks in that year. QB rating of 86. Guys, he was never great. He was never better than Baker Mayfield. Like, I know we have this whole idea of Colin Kaepernick was so good, and then he just got... No, he wasn't. He wasn't. He was all right. He was He was exciting because he was running. He was a running quarterback. And all the plays that you remember for him, him running the ball. That was it. And I have a massive problem with him coming back, begging to get back into the league. I think it's gross. I think it's disgusting. I think it I think it looks terrible. I think all the people that supported him, all the people that championed him and said, look, don't worry about it. They did you dirty. Don't even worry about it, man. For you to run back to them, how do you not look at Kaepernick a little different and be like, yo, what are you doing? You running back to the people you say oppressed you? You running back to sign up? You running back to sign up to to, to work for the people who you say treated you unfairly and unjustly? The people who who tried to take your livelihood away, who tried to take your life away, who tried to bury you, you're going to go beg those people to give you another chance? Look, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm the only one that feels this way. I think it's ridiculous. That's my time, y'all. Look. Sorry, things got a little heavier there towards the end. But look, I got I got strong opinions. I told you, my back is hurting. I had to re-record the show. I'm feeling real aggy right now. <laughs> but look, it's still all fun. Look, still sports. Listen, Cyber Family, thank you for joining me again. Listen, if this was your first time listening, I hope you found something that you enjoyed. And you do come back next week for another show. Same time, same, same place, same streaming service. service. Ah, I can't even speak. Listen, wherever you're listening to this, I thank you. I appreciate it. Follow me on social media at the John Farris on all platforms. Join the Cyber Family. Listen, until next week, I'll see y'all.